Lori Hybe, Chris Harrington, and Aaron Courtney, three broads, bringing you stories and strategies exploring manufacturing topics that challenge the status quo while laying the foundations for future success. Together with special guests, they'll celebrate what's working and unpack what is not so you can learn, grow, and succeed. You want to learn more about your hosts? Make sure to listen to episode one. All right, my broads, my lady friends. Um, this past weekend, I went to the Chicago Institute of Art because oh. there was a Dolly and a Monet exhibit. <gasps> and I was like, I need to go wow. to this. Um, I was there for a conference, which I'll talk about later in the show. Um, but I intentionally um, went a day early so that I could go explore the museum. Oh, and, I, and that right. kind of triggered my question, I guess, for banters and whatnot is, I guess, what kind of museum do you like? Do you like going to museums? museums is there anything that i mean your favorite museum let's, let's just museum is the yeah. word talk about it museum. <laughs> just go with the museum first i have a question for you though so yeah. i've only ever seen dolly pictures either like in a poster you know in college sure. man or like in a book are they large which ones were there like was it mind-blowing was it super weird it was like, what are they super like? super mind-blowing um i'd say a lot of his pieces are, are a lot larger than i thought they would be um and he's very intricate in detailed and and the story behind the piece it's got a strong political stance which i did not know that until i started reading about each of the pieces um, a lot of them were taking place during different, um, um, like World War One, World War Two, you know, like that time period. That. So there was a lot of really deep emotion with all of his pieces, Whoa. and um, fascinating. I, if you can go, do it. It is so worth checking it out. Yeah, that's huh. That's interesting because you know, in the college context, it's just like, oh, it's a melting clock. I wonder what he was on. That's just that's the oh, real sophisticated yeah. impression yeah. it made on a college student. So that's really cool. Well, I will tell you. Uh, a museum thing. I at one point did the audio like, you know, you I don't know how they have it now. Maybe you listen on your phone. I don't know. But an audio tour when I was in a museum. And at first I thought, oh, this kind of dorky. I'm supposed to just be like enjoying the art for what it is. And it's the best. And I would recommend it to anybody if you've never done that. It just gives you that context exactly that you're talking mm -hmm. about, Lori. And it also kind of like reduces the noise of everything that's going on. And it's just like you and the piece of work really sort of getting to know each other, I guess you could say. So um, that's my that's my little museum tip. Always do the audio tour. Sure. Cool. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Well, I have to confess, I don't know who Dolly is. I'm not very artsy fartsy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, plain and simple. Nature is my art. I go to parks and Aww. sports are my yeah. thing. So if I'm traveling, it's uh, outdoors or sports, something of that caliber. I do remember you went to the um the Bucyrus Museum, didn't you? Oh, that's true. I, I like, that. And so I'm gonna be cool. there this weekend. Yes, I, yeah. I am a docent at the Bucyrus Museum. Oh, you're a docent, <laughs> you're a total museum nerd. You don't go like full museum unless you're a docent. Yeah, Chris, no, and that is really fun for me because it's the I'm, history I'm of I challenge you. I want oh. you to experience art or some sort of museum that you would not typically go to and just experience that. Okay. I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to come back. back. Report back. Okay. It. Hold okay. me accountable here. Keep me accountable. Uh, yeah. Awesome. You guys, some good stuff in Milwaukee. That Calatrava is just oh, I love it. experience. It's you'll, yeah. you'll have a good time. You'll have a, no, no pressure. I um, have been there, but. But, oh, see, yeah, see, I've gone, but okay. All right. Do you think our 
guests would like to join us today or should we just <laughs> that? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah I'm so happy to introduce Nikki Vo. let me give you a little bit about her background here so Nikki is an accomplished innovation leader with over 17 years in the chemical industry she has held various roles as an individual contributor manager and senior executive leader She holds a BS in chemistry from UW-Whitewater, an MS in chemistry from UW-Madison, and an executive MBA from RIT, which is uh, consistently ranked as a top 10 school by U.S. News and World Report. Um, I didn't know RIT, so that's good to know. Um, So uh, in 2018, she was named top 40 of nationwide MBA students by Poets and Quants. So this woman is uh, incredible and really smart. And we're so happy to have her here. Uh, with the companies she has worked for, she has developed a unique way of managing scientists that has helped the team she has led into being high performance. Uh, developing novel innovations and receiving multiple recognitions. Nikki is the founder and president of Nevo. She founded this company to help develop cultures of innovation excellence by teaching companies and scientists the technical and professional skills that would help them reach their highest potential and essentially to innovate, grow, and excel. Welcome to the broadcast. Wow, yeah. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Um, If you could just sum it up in just two words, it's professional nerd. (laughs) Yes, another one. Yeah. (laughs) And I have to jump in on the museum part. I think if anybody could, I would definitely try to go to London and visit their museums. First of all, it's really odd because museums are free to attend to, but churches, you actually have to pay. Oh, well, that's exactly how it should be. I love it. (laughs) But I I did get to see um, the British Museum and they had the Rosetta Stone as well as some um, Egyptian sarcophagus. So it's amazing. If you could get a chance, go in. It's free admission. Mm -hmm. Definitely do it. Love it. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I have some friends that just recently went and they were also just blown away um, at what a great experience it was. So I got to put that on the book at list. Put on yeah, the list. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Well, <laughs> right. thank you so much. I'm excited and honored to be here. Well, we are just as honored to have you. And you know, it's interesting because we do talk a lot about how, um, you know, women in manufacturing, manufacturing continues to be an industry where it's male dominated and we're trying to raise uh, the attention and bring women in. And it's very similar in the sciences. So, um, you know, where it's a male dominated, dominated field. And I'm curious if you can just share what it's like being a woman in your industry in the sciences. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, if I could look back into my life, there were three distinct times where I was very much so challenged being a female, especially in the sciences. There were probably more, but these three particularly had imprinted in me and changed the way that I look at life as well as move forward in my career. So the very first was I was married to a very traditional man who came from very traditional views. So we're talking about the wife was expected to cook, clean, take care of children, be quiet and docile, Mm -hmm. and make sure that her husband is happy and never outshining him. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they, he and his family were in for a very, very rude awakening <laughs> because first I'm a terrible cook. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the second, 
second, I hate cleaning and I absolutely hate ironing. I could not iron for the life. Amen, sister. <laughs> and um, also, I'm a very outspoken Aries. And if you don't know anything about Aries, we are stubborn and we are pioneers and we are just downright hard headed. So that's, <laughs> that's me. And they were in for a very, very rude awakening. Wow. There, there were many aspects of the marriage that I could accommodate, but the one that I could not, and the reason for the divorce is they did not support me going to school. So oh. the bachelor's was a stretch. Yeah. The PhD was absolutely forbidden. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah, so and was, you just needed to do it. You just had to do it because you're like, you're a nerd down to the deepest depths of your soul. <laughs> she was yeah, willing to do it. Sometimes you come to the world, you have to fulfill your purpose. And if that's part of it, you got to go after it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and little did I know that that particular event would trigger this passion to really find what my purpose is mm-hmm. as well as what I'm really gifted to do and oh. and then that's what I like to do with my business is to help others find the same mm-hmm. that's so cool okay so that was one I got to hear the other because that was a biggie so yeah. what were the yeah. other two so the second and I don't know if things have changed but this was you know 15 years ago uh, maybe 20 years ago I was in a, a high-level math course and the professor said out publicly to the class that women should be in the kitchen and we cannot oh. do math. Oh my goodness. What? I was I was blown oh. away. Oh. Yeah. I think it was me, me and one other female in the class. Everybody else was, you know, obviously a, a, a man. So that mm. was that was a little hard to hear. Uh-huh. But he also <laughs> challenged everybody in the class that nobody would finish his uh, math exam nor get, you know, even an A in, in the exam. So I was like, game on, I'm up for this. <laughs> Tell wow. us you did it. How did you do it? How did you do it? Well, I, I handed in my exam halfway through the period that he gave us yeah. and I got a hundred percent. Wow. Oh, go, girl. Yes. One ladies, zero <laughs> jerky professor. I love right? it. Right? Yeah. Right? So I think he, he was, he, he was caught off by surprise because he didn't think any women can actually do. Oh, that's really, that's awesome. Yeah. Way to yeah. go. Right. I'm, I'm just feeling, Impressive. oh, I get chills. I'm so inspired. Yeah, <laughs> this is great. And then the, the third was when um, I was in graduate school and I was applying for a spot in a chemical research, a chemical engineering research group. And the professor took a look at my portfolio and without even thoroughly looking at, even after us, uh, you know, 30 seconds, put it down and said that I wasn't a fit for his group. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why not? And he said, well, you, you just can't do the kind of math that we need to be successful in this group. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was, I was floored because I had all A's in high honors math and chemistry courses. So I could do what he was asking me to do. So I, I was, I was floored, but anyway, um, yeah, again, yeah, right? again, but, but this time, instead of fighting with him and trying to prove him wrong, I realized that it was not worth my time. And yeah. if I were to somehow get into his group, I would be fighting an mm-hmm. uphill battle every single day, trying to prove that I am worthy of being in his group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So rather than doing that, I just thanked him for his time and I walked away. 
Wow. Um, that is oh, all three of those together are just create such a story arc of your development as an intellectual, as a woman, as an adult, and ending on that final note of like, you know what? Adios. I can't, I don't need your ass and I do not need your approval to get done what I need to get done. And I just love it. I yeah. think that's really, really great. Thank you for sharing this with us. I'm, what do you, I'm, oh, go I'm, ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm gonna, I just, yeah. I'm curious if that negative energy turned into like positive motivation for you. Oh my gosh. I love it. Cause I, I definitely want to touch about, um, touch base on energy. Cause it is a central theme that I, that I try to put into my daily life is energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your, to your question, absolutely. I found a different research group and they were so welcoming and they helped me through learning the best way to, to become a, a researcher. And I learned so much and was so welcomed that I flourished in that group. So yeah, absolutely. Love that. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I, I'm also curious because there's such a focus today on women in STEM or girls in STEM. And there, there has been a change in the promotion of younger uh, girls and women coming into the program. Do you think you, you missed that? Uh, have you seen a change because of the little bit of advocacy that goes on around that? Um, just curious, you know, any comment related to that? Yeah, I, I have definitely seen in the past decade, if not a little longer, more and more people talking about, um, you know, why women are very, very useful. And we we have the, the chops um, to do, actually do math and science. And there yeah, are, straight are, we do. Yeah, we, <laughs> we do. do. <laughs> and there's so many great examples of, of female scientists in history that mm. have overcome so many great, you know, challenges. And, and, and today we are honoring them where I think 20 years ago, it wasn't talked about much. Right. Yeah. I keep thinking about the movie and the book hidden figures, right? Yes. As you're talking like, yeah. I love those. Those stories are so powerful. Yeah. And, and Nikki st- certainly has one here. So mm-hmm. totally. I'd love to hear about like somebody that that recognized your genius and recognized your strengths and, and what an influence those positive people have can and do make on women as they enter the sciences. Yeah, thank you for asking. I, I think the biggest thing um, which has helped me is having frames of reference. So as Prina, Christina was saying, you know, now that we have more, we're talking about more and we could see other women who have actually led this journey for us, we can start to see like, oh, okay, since she has done it, mm-hmm. I too can do it. Mm-hmm. So it, it, for me, I think, and one of the things that I, I love what I do is when I see other females who are either demotivated, they, they've lost their um, their passion, their, igni- their ignition, is to, to really talk to other females who may either have already done that or are successful and try to understand from their journey, what did they do? How were they successful? What worked, what didn't work? And once we can get those frames of references, Mm -hmm. then we can start to filter them and say, ah, okay, so she tried this Mm -hmm. and that worked. So maybe I could do the same. I could try it and see what works. And Mm -hmm. so I really, really encourage women and all sorts of people to find frames of references, Mm. talk to other people, learn about their journey, what worked, what didn't work, but also read and watch movies. I think Mm. those are all really great ways to really give us inspirations to help us move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great advice. 
Anything else that you would like to share with us about being a woman in the sciences and what your takeaway is for the state of the state right now? So let's talk, let's look back in the Wayback Machine when things were uncomfortable and it was considered acceptable to just outright discriminate against you to now. Where would you say we are? Are we good? Room to grow? What's your assessment? I still feel there is room to grow. I, I, but I do feel we have progressed quite a bit. And, and where I feel we've progressed more and more is we are taking a little bit more on how our personal, um, emotional and mental state actually have a lot to do with how we perform in life. Mm-hmm. And, and this is something I, I highly encourage a lot of people to do, to do is to really get to know who we are as, as people. What are our strengths? What are our values? And once we can understand that, then we can take that and do just a, a whole host of insurmountable things. Um, so while I still think that there is a lot of areas for us to get into and grow and, and still progress um, progress as a society, I, I do feel compared to 20 years ago, we are talking about it more. We're embracing you know, the vulnerability side of things. And we're really taking the time to really think through who we are as people. And rather than subscribing to the, the patterns that society or our environments tell us that we need to follow, we are starting to think through, well, does this pattern fit me? And if not, how should I rewrite this pattern? And I think there's more and more um, more and more people talking about it and embracing that. And I think that's, that's really cool because there's so many great things we can do once we get to really know who we are as people. Love that. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, oh, go ahead, Lori. No, you, you go. You go. I was just going to ask you, Nick, if you could share something interesting that people might might not know about you. With our yeah. Audience. So I, it's funny because when I meet people for whatever reason, they think I'm this serious stoic, always playing by the rules type of person. So for example, in my, uh, my MBA uh, curriculum, my cohort, they called me Miss TCB, which was nicknamed for Miss Taking Care of Business. But (laughs) (laughs) what what they don't realize, there's actually a mischievous and spontaneous streak about me that when I get into the right environment, I will actually um, do that. So for example, growing up on a farm, I saw all these adults taking this, this, what looks like a a rolled up paper and and inside it was like stuffed grass or what it looked like stuffed grass. And then they would, they would light it up. And I was curious because they were blowing out rings of smoke and they were just laughing and giggling. And I was just like, that is so cool. I want to do that. And so I asked to try and they looked at me and be like, oh, no, no, little girl, you can't try this. <laughs> so again, the Aries in me, um, yeah. being curious and I, I want to try it. And, and it was a challenge for me. I thought mm, maybe I should just go and make my own. So <laughs> I, I went, I went to my mom's, uh, you know, garden and I, I took her garden hose and I started stuffing it with grass clippings that came out of the lawnmower and, and I just lit it up and I tried to pull oh my those goodness. Um, Oh my goodness. Oh, you're a wild child. Yeah, that sounds I, like I a fun childhood. Child. Oh. Growing, growing up now, even now, it, it, you know, for our, our uh, international trip for uh, the MBA, 
the last night we were there, I was like, okay, I'm going to prove to everybody that I'm not always Miss TCB. So I bought 60 shots of Amarula oh. liquor. <laughs> one for each cohort and oh, we wow. just like cheered all at once and everyone's floored because like who is this from and like, they're like what miss tcv <laughs> well there's that kind of business too that needs to be attended to you're still mm-hmm. taking care of business that's, that's right. right that's right oh uh, you have great stories i it's such a pleasure when somebody's a good storyteller i appreciate that so much yeah i love it too love it love it so um should we move into our next section yeah let's do it all right so um this one of course is our I just learned that so Erin I'll start with you what have you just learned yes well yesterday I was chatting with some ladies and we were talking about rhubarb you know the the plant that Mm -hmm. um can make delicious treats with and we're talking about like what's the deal with the leaves you're not supposed to eat the leaves and so I just learned that the substance the compound now of course uh Nikki I'm getting into your territory here talking (laughs) about chemistry um is oxalic acid and it are yes oxalic acid and it is in both uh well it's probably in many things but it is in rhubarb and it is also also in spinach and you know when you eat like raw spinach that weird feeling you get and yeah. like mm-hmm. it feels kind of fuzzy um apparently rhubarb will do that for you too and not good for your stomach so there oh. you go that's what i just learned yesterday said christmas uh, oh, yeah. spinach is good for you it is but not too much because i mean on the early side you're talking laxative a little bit further down the road <laughs> not good no so <laughs> I eat a lot of spinach. I don't know. Not enough. It would take a ton. It would take a ton. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, what about you? What are you going to share? Well, um, we got bees again for the farm. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier in one of our episodes. And uh, something I just learned is that bees will sting other bees. So there is such a thing as a guard bee um, and the guard bee will watch the hive. And if, so basically they'll sniff other bees that are coming in. And if it's, you know, a rogue bee from a different hive and they're going to come steal something, they will actually sting them. So (gasps) they will be a threat to fascinating other bees. And Holly was in the garden the other day with the bees uh, feeding them and she didn't have her, uh, you know, full wardrobe on. So she got three bee stings. And so it just prompted me to look up different things. Um, You know, usually Hmm. we do wear protective gear and it, it, you know, it's not actually, it it depends if they are feeling threatened, they will sting you. Um, Most of the time they're pretty docile. So, uh, and and really friendly, you know, honeybees. So, but I thought it was interesting that bees will sting other bees. Something. So does that little bee that gets stung, does it swell up big? (laughs) Really good question. (laughs) I I didn't check further what happens to that other bee, you know. Okay. They don't have a long life. You know, most of them there it's 30 days or less uh, oh, for these. So they're, they're constantly reproducing. Wow. Um, Lori, what have you, yeah. yeah, they are. And we need them. So yes, we do. Lori, what have you just learned? Uh, can you guess what I'm going to talk about? <laughs> I hope it's AI, AI Lori, AI, because yeah. I feel yes, like we don't uh, talk about that. Sorry. Enough. Sorry. No, I, no, it's, it's I, I love it. I'm just so fascinated by this topic. 
Um, so I, I mentioned this conference that I just went to, and it's it's for the marketing agency world. Um, but I sat at a roundtable discussion with an attorney that services the marketing um, agency space, and the topic was 100% around AI. And and I just really fascinated about how to protect yourself as an agency if you're leveraging AI to produce content. Mm-hmm. A couple of things that I learned. I mean, I could talk about this for a very long time. You already know that. But first and foremost, any content that is produced by um, AI is actually it's fair use content, meaning you do not own the rights to it. Mm-hmm. So you just using, never can. Mm-hmm, if you're okay. writing, like if you're drafting content that you're going to publish on your website or whatever through AI, you do not own the rights to that content. So mm-hmm. as an agency, and we're producing stuff for our clients, they yeah. then do not own the rights to that content as well. So something extremely wow. important to, to be made aware of. Um, and the other thing that we're going to start are doing as a means to protect ourselves and our clients, and this is something that I'm sharing so that everyone is in the know of, is that you should really document the process that you went through to come to the outcome of whatever that content is that you're you're producing or publishing. So that includes what are the prompts that you entered into whatever mm-hmm. AI tool you're using, um, what that final outcome was from the AI that was generated, and then what your final piece of published content is. So you have um, more of like, here's the process. And so that if there is for some reason down the road, any sort of like copyright infringement or plagiarism concerns, um, you know, IP, there's, there's so many unknowns right now, but Mm -hmm. you want to do the things, the right things at the moment today to protect yourself in the future. So Mm -hmm. those were like two really big uh, light bulb moments for Mm -hmm. me that um, I want to make sure that the world is aware, (laughs) whoever wants to listen um there, there's just it's moving so much faster the technology is moving faster than business knows how to use it and then just as historically i mean the law around right it is like way slower so we you know just doing whatever you can to be proactive um, yeah. is extremely important right now with that the wow. documenting of it sounds like that could be a big process um you know depending on if you're feeding a lot of prompts which i know when i've used the tool that's what i'm doing Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering, uh, it's making me think like I have a login, right? So is it naturally storing all of that for me? I guess I haven't, I, I could see that I have former, uh, you know, prompts sure. and yep. responses. Yep. So I'm wondering if that's enough or if you really have to take it a step further. Yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that question. I was wondering the same thing. Um, I know that like the, the thread is in there, but we don't know how long it's going to be in there. Right? Yeah, that's and, and exactly. so, um, and we don't know how long they're going to store that and how long we're going to have access to that information. So, um, you know, we're, I, we're looking at evaluating some of our internal processes to, to make sure they're set up the right way. And, but we also don't want to make it more work for us. I mean, the mm, idea yeah, the because then that sort of undermines the whole point. Yeah. Right. Um, so how, how do we, be, you know, I don't know if we can do like a print screen that just prints the whole page and as a PDF, you know, or something and yeah. upload it to our project management system. I don't know we're, we're playing with some ideas with that, but I was just like, whoa, the 
those are two really interesting things that yeah. I did not know. Um, but it, I'm glad I sat at that round table. So Sharon Torek with Legal and Creative is the name of her, her firm. Okay. Thank you. Valuable. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Nikki, what have you just learned? Yeah. So I, uh, I just came back um, about a couple weeks ago from a spring break trip down to Florida and we decided at the very last day, day to take an excursion. And I thought I was being cute. And I asked the tour guide, what is the difference between a crocodile and an alligator? And obviously it's that, that, that funny joke that see you later um, after a while crocodile sort of thing. <laughs> but I didn't realize that he was actually a nature enthusiast and he was telling me all these differences but one thing I learned which was very very interesting is that the crocodile is more southern in terms of its habitat than the alligator and even though the crocodile is a bigger animal the alligators actually have pushed the crocodiles out of Florida mm, and a oh, lot wow. of it has to do with competition of resources yeah. huh. so it's interesting because it's like okay you don't have to be the the biggest, you know, mm. person on the block, as long as you have power in numbers, mm. you can actually push people out of your territory. So that was interesting. Yeah. I, yes. I love, I just got to, what you just said just speaks to everything you talked about earlier before. You don't have to be the biggest man on the block and it's power in numbers, girl. Power in numbers. I, like that was like way to cap everything that we just, you know, talked about today. Love it. Yeah, too. Yes. 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 Be the alligator. <laughs> so, so cool. Oh, I love that. Hashtag be the alligator. Be uh, the alligator. There you go. That could oh, be tattoos. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. That was a good re and today was a good learning day. Yes, I learned sure. a lot today. Yeah. yeah, yeah got yeah. some good yeah. stuff from all over the place. Yeah. Thank you. So for all those that want to connect with you after this, uh, Nikki, where where do they go to find you? Yeah, thank you, Christina. I can be found on LinkedIn at uh, Nikki Vo. You can also find me on my website, nevil-innovate.com. And then also I'm looking to write a book in, and to be published in the next couple of months where I'm actually going to talk about some of these challenges that I faced and how we can actually overcome these challenges as females in the sciences. And I will also give out tools on how to find your strengths, find your core values, but how we can actually brand that and, and show the world what those uh, strengths and values are and helping every person to really be get uh, reach their highest potential. Oh, that's awesome. You have to come back on the show after the book is. is oh, for sure. We'll promote it here. That. You can tell us all about it. Yeah. Uh, we love that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Someone, um, someone very wise that I had just met recently told me just share my story. And I was so inspired by that, that I, I I'm like, yep. I need to do that. I need to share my story. So hopefully the book is a platform where I can share my story. Well, oh, you, you just awesome. gave us a little teaser today. So we appreciate that. It's yeah. good. Good stuff. Yes. All right. Thank you. This is three broads wrapping up. Please reach out. We definitely want to hear from you. This wraps up today's broadcast. If you're looking to shake up the status quo at your organization or just want to connect with these broads, visit mfgbroadcast.com. Contact Lori Hybe for your strategic digital marketing initiatives. Contact Chris Harrington for OEM and aftermarket digital solutions. And contact Aaron Courtney for web-based solutions for your complex business problems. We've got a great offer specifically for our listeners. You can find more information about the offers and your hosts at mfgbroadcast.com.